one other time in Scripture, and it was used to, to um, identify or describe the, the two violent demoniacs of Gadara. And it used it in the term, this, these individuals controlled by demons were harsh, fierce, and savage. So, what Paul is telling Timothy, this know that there, there are coming some harsh, fierce, savage days. And you might say, yeah, that's true, Lord, that's true, Pastor, but the Lord's coming again and we're going to be saved from that. The Lord is coming again. We are going to be saved from the wrath to come, but it doesn't mean we will be saved from harsh, difficult times. There are people today that are in very harsh, difficult times because of their faith. And so Paul is writing to Timothy and and he wants him to realize that hard times will come and they're hard times because Satan and his forces hate anything of God. And they aim to steal, to kill, and destroy. If it is of God, it faces a battle. In particular, any work of God, any working of, you, in, of God in your life, in a family, in a church, it, it will come under siege. We forget spiritually that we are at war. And in the last week, with the prominence of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on people's mind, we've, we've seen a little idea of what war is like. And thankfully, most of us that have lived in America have no idea what war is like. And yet, physical war is nothing compared to the spiritual warfare. And war re- requires a warfare mentality. Derek Thomas mentioned that many of the Ukrainians have this mentality. I am going to stay here. I am going to fight for freedom. And if it means my very death, so be it. That's a warfare mentality. It's a a mentality that Paul is trying to instill in Timothy. Timothy, we are at war. And throughout his epistles, Paul is emphasizing this over and over again. And he's reminding Timothy in his last letter to Timothy, he's reminding him and he's saying, Timothy, we are at war. And they want to steal your joy and steal your testimony. They want to destroy you. Satan wants to kill you. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he said, Timothy, for that reason you must endure hardness as a good soldier. So spiritually, Paul is writing to us and saying, you need, you need to understand that there will be there will come some fierce times in your life. There will come difficult times in your life. And it will involve difficult people. We're not going to take the time right now. 
Um, probably in the Sunday school hour we'll look at it in more detail. But he lists the characteristics of difficult people. He says, there will come difficult times because of difficult people and because of the spiritual warfare. But he also adds here in verse 5, after he gives this, this long list of negative characteristics of these people, he said they have a form of godliness, but they deny its power. <clears throat> so you read through this list and you would think, wow, these are some evil, evil people. And Paul says, wait a minute. Some of the difficult people will be professing believers. They have a form of godliness. They appear <clears throat> as though they're godly. But they deny the very power of God. And he gave this list, which we'll look at later, and, and he says, these difficult people will, will spring up as professing believers. Over and over again, we find this exhortation and reminder. In Matthew 7, he says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. In Matthew chapter 10, Jesus again, trying to get in the, in the hearts and minds of, of his followers a, a proper mentality, he says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and as guileless as doves. Again, in Luke, he said the same thing. I send you forth as lambs amongst wolves. And in Acts chapter 20, Paul, writing to the leaders at the church at Ephesus, says, This know that after my departure... Grievous wolves will enter in among you, sparing not the flock. So he says, this is, this is a mentality that you need to develop, that, that there are people that profess to be followers of Christ, but they seek to devour and destroy, and they bear the characteristics that are listed in the early verses of, of chapter 3. But we go on, and you notice in verse 9, he goes on and says they'll lead people astray. They'll, they'll be as the rebellion of those that rebelled against Moses. But notice verse 9, but they will progress no further, for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. Paul reminds Timothy that Folly, foolishness will be exposed for what it is. Foolishness, rebellion against God can appear as strong, as powerful, as right, but someday it will be exposed for what it is. And we need to keep that in mind. We need to have that mentality. There will be times that it may seem like your commitment to Christ may be on the losing end. And you need to understand that there is coming a day when the folly of Satan and all those forces will be exposed. The sheep's clothing will be pulled off. The wolves, they'll be exposed. They will be judged. 
they will be condemned by God and the folly will be exposed. And he's writing to Timothy to remind him of this because he wants him to continue to hold the faith. He wants him to be strong in the faith. And he's reminding him the evil may appear strong. It may appear as though it is victorious. But he said, remember this. Their folly will be exposed. And then if you'd notice in verse 14. In verse 14, again, he reminds him, you have carefully followed my example how I endured persecution. He's holding him, holding his life before him as a testimony. But in verse 14, But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. So Paul's Timothy to us would be, difficult times with difficult people will come. Difficult people may arise from being professing believers, but remember this, their folly will be exposed. And Paul would say to us today, but we must continue in the faith. It is a faith that is based on the Word of God. He said, Timothy, continue in the faith and remember where you heard them. You heard it based on the Word of God. And it is able to make you wise unto salvation. Our faith must be based on the wisdom and the power of the Word of God. And it is through that that we are brought to salvation through the ministry of the truth of God that is preached to our hearts that shows us I am a vile sinner and I am condemned already by God. And there is no forgiveness for me except only through the blood of Jesus Christ. And through the blood of Jesus Christ... I have forgiveness of sins and I am adopted into God's family. I am a child of God. There will be days that you don't feel like a child of God and you must have the roots of your faith in the Word of God that says, regardless of how I feel, I have placed my faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone and I know based on the promise of His Word That I am a child of God. It is based on the Word of God. What matters is whether we are true to the Word of God. We often snatch verse 16 out of this chapter. And an excellent verse. But we sometimes fail to see it in its context. He's writing this in the context. Difficult times will come in the last days. There there will be fierce days. And he said, you'd better make sure that your faith is built on the Word of God and it is profitable for teaching, for doctrine. It is profitable to show you what is truth. It is profitable to show you what is wrong. 
It reproves and says, no, this isn't right. It is profitable to show you, now this is how you correct it. And it is profitable to show you how to keep walking in the ways of righteousness. But our faith must be in the Word of God. All other ground is sinking sand. And that's why, that's why every one of us must be a student of the Scriptures. It's not enough to just show up here, hear a message, go your way, maybe hear a message or two throughout the week. We must study to show ourselves, Paul wrote to Timothy again, in this book, study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman that will not be ashamed because you rightly divide the word of truth. It's not enough just to know, yeah, I prayed a prayer and, and I believe Jesus saved me. The storms in life are going to come and you must have be rooted in the power of God's word And your faith must be based on the Word. So he's writing to Timothy. He said, Timothy, you must continue in the faith. And it must be based on the Word of God. And it must be producing works empowered by the Spirit of God. We mentioned earlier, they had a form of godliness, but they denied the power thereof. The power of God will produce in our lives fruit that magnifies Him. And and we are to be manifesting the supernatural power of God in our lives. When Stephen, facing difficult, difficult times because he stood up for Christ and was being stoned, He manifested not the natural power, not just a a physical tough mentality. He manifested the supernatural power of God when he said, Father, forgive them. Lay not this sin to their charge. As did Jesus Christ, who he was following. That's not normal for Stephen to respond that way. That was the supernatural power of God. That's evidence that he was walking in the Spirit. That's evidence that the Word of God was alive and real in his life. And he was able to respond in that crisis hour as he had throughout his life with faith in God. And what the world desperately needs to see is that we as Christians have a supernatural power that we're responding in ways that aren't normal. That isn't normal for a person to respond that way. So we must continue in the faith, the faith based on the Word of God, works that empowered by the Spirit of God, and that we are living a life that is worth following. In verse 10, Paul said, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my love, my perseverance, persecutions and afflictions. He said, you've seen my life. And he said, you've seen it. And as he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, I want you to be followers of me 
as I am of Christ Jesus. Wow. What a testimony. You be a follower of me as I am of Christ Jesus. Paul's writing to Timothy and he's saying to him, have a faith that is worth following. Three different instances, Paul said the exact same thing. Brethren, in 1 Corinthians 11.1 and Philippians 3.17, Be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as to have an example. Is your faith such to be held as an example? If, If everybody in your family became like you, would that be a benefit to your family or would it would it diminish your family? If everybody in this church had the faith of you and manifested the faith of you, would that be a benefit to the church or would it diminish the church? What he's writing is there are very, very difficult days coming and your faith is important. And he's writing to him and saying, it is important that you continue in the faith. It shouldn't surprise us the battles that will come. I mean, even the world has has written books and articles about our society's commitment to safety and how it has destroyed us. And and many times as Christians, our number one thing is safety and comfort. That's not a warfare mentality. And so when the difficulties come in life, oh, I didn't think this would happen. What do you think? Satan is here and going to encourage you in your walk with God? You think the forces of evil are going to encourage you? It is a battle. Every step for Christ is a contested battle. And we live in in opportune times for us to show the difference between darkness and light. And that's why we must be students of the Word of God. We must be empowered by the Spirit. That's why it's so important that we do not quench the Spirit, that we do not frustrate the Spirit, that we do not grieve the Spirit, and that's in every little detail of life. So this thought, that grieves the Spirit. If I have a thought that is not proper, it grieves the Spirit of God. He's not able to empower me like He wants to. If I go in my own power, oh, I've done this many times, I can do this, it grieves the Spirit of God. The dependence that we have on God's Spirit is what makes the difference. Our faith must be empowered by the Spirit of God and our faith must be worth following. Is your faith such that you can say to your family, to the people you work with, to fellow church members, you follow me as I follow Christ? That's why in Romans chapter 13 it says, the night is far spent. It is important that we cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Why do you put on armor? Not to sit in a museum. 
You put on the armor of light to go into the battle. You've seen pictures of the Ukrainian president in his, his war gear. And, and he's not doing that just to go sit behind a desk. He's doing it understanding, I am going to be in war. And as Christians, we need to develop a warfare mentality and understand uh, in, when I say warfare mentality, I'm not saying you go out and just slay people. It's a mentality that endures hardness. And we expected this, and this is a difficulty, and we figure it out, and we go on, and we keep the faith, and we show the supernatural power of God, and we live a life that is worth following. That's what God's called us to. So first and foremost, you must make sure that you have faith in Jesus Christ. Do you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, and last Sunday we went over some of the evidences that we are a child of God. If, if those doubts are plaguing you, that must be settled. Then secondly, your faith will only be as strong as your relationship to the Word of God. If we just take a little, little bit here, a little bit there, it's, it's not going to be a strong enough faith for the perilous times, for the difficult times, for the harsh times that are coming. And to be able to enter into those times, the spiritual warfare, to be able to have a strong faith that comes through the other side, that hears God say, well done, thou good and faithful. You know, the only thing that matters is if we've been true to God's Word. It's not, it's not going to matter uh, what we lost. It's not going to matter what we gained. It's going to matter if we were true to God's Word. What did it take to turn us away? It should be nothing. Paul said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself that I may live to the praise and the glory of God. That faith only comes through saturated in the Word, filled with the Spirit of God, and living it out in manners that make a difference. Heavenly Father, I pray that You would help us to be strong in the faith, to continue in the faith. Lord, I pray if there are individuals here that have never placed their faith and trust in Christ, I pray today that they would call upon You and turn from their sin and turn to You for forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer. I pray that we would develop a... a Spirit that is resilient because it's strengthened through the promises of your word, that our faith is strong, that can stand the storms of life, and not just stand the storms, but Lord would then go on and live victorious so that it would be an encouragement and an example to others. Lord, help us to understand the days that we live in. 
and help us to see the importance of appropriating your grace in our lives. Lord, may the promises of your word be real in our lives and make a difference in the lives of everyone we contact. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.